0: to another episode of Now About That with James and Sarah. I'm James.
1: And I'm Sarah.
0: And on this week's episode, we're going to talk about voting and voting rights. This is a topic that Sarah wanted to talk about because she's in school and talking Having
1: about in the class.
0: U.S. history. So that's always fun.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it so much.
0: So before we get into that, do you have anything fun, exciting or anything to share?
1: Hmm. do i have anything to share uh today was my assistant manager's last day yeah yeah um the good news is we were able to get another manager so we're not going to be managerless that's good is it you no it is not me No, thank you. But other than that, no, nothing nothing interesting on this end. How about you?
0: Um, I'm in a different location than I usually record. I'm in the spare bedroom. I see that. And you can see the door creepily open in the back. So if anything pops into the door, let me know.
1: Bro, if I see anything pop into that door, I am like bouncing. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not.
0: Um, the other thing, so I got a new mouse, which I was excited about for my for my computer so i was looking for an option that would scroll left and right and up and down to make it easier when i um edit the podcast so that i don't have to use the trackpad because i have to use the trackpad to scroll left and right to go through the to scrub through the sound yeah. um and i was like i could just get the magic mouse for apple but i looked it up and it doesn't work on pcs and i was like i don't want to have a computer or a mouse i don't want to well first of all i don't want to spend 140 dollars on a mouse But I also don't want to spend $140 on a mouse that only works with one of my computers. So I got a uh, $100 mouse (laughs) that works with both of my computers and it works the same way. So in either computer, it scrolls left and right and up and down. And then I also got this cool little um, keychain that has an NFC tag on it or in it and a... Uh, QR code on the other side that is a business card, like a an electronic business card. Nice. So I can share my contact information and other stuff easily um, just by using the NFC chat tag or the um, QR code. Love it. It would be easy if I start networking with people, just be like, yeah. oh, here. And then it's a talking point to talk to them about the, the tag. I'm not gonna say what the brand is because it's not an ad, but I'm excited and it looks pretty cool. But I will say, after getting it, I was like, you know, I could have just bought an NFC sticker on like Amazon. They have like sheets of them for like $5 and a little like keychain and then printed off my own QR code and did it myself for less money. But say vie because it was like $20. That's not too bad. Yeah. Well, you want to jump into the topic? Yes. Is there anything specific you want to talk about? Like what voting rights are or when they were established? or
1: I want to talk about how the system's all bullshit.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day too. And I'm like, you know, voting system is kind of weird. Because it's like, why is it on a site level? It's, or not a site level, state level, it's specifically about... Um, the popular vote but then for president it's the electoral (laughs) colleges i've never understood that and
1: i don't understand but it was very interesting um it was interesting because the whole reason that i even went to go look at voting stuff was the very first page of my government book um has a picture of a, of a poster from World War II um, that's like, you know, voting is how we keep America free, and blah blah blah. And it's, you know, everyone's equal. And I was just like, everyone is not equal at this time frame when this poster was made. And I was like, hmm, I wonder who all was allowed to vote whenever this was going on. So that's how I ended up on the uh, timeline of voting rights.
0: Yeah. So you want to once you're done drinking your beer,
1: it's liquid (laughs) death. Thank you. I know. I'm just kidding. Not a sponsor.
0: Um, (laughs) Do you Do you want to run us through like the um, timeline of voting rights?
1: Yeah. So there, there's actually a surprising amount of uh things that were going on with voting rights starting in the 18th century which would be the late 1700s um so for example in 1789 um new jersey allowed unmarried women and widowed women regardless of color to vote Hmm. in 1789 and then (laughs) then you scroll down and i'm trying to remember exactly where it is but then sometime during the eighteen hundreds, they took it away. And they were like just kidding, women can't vote.
0: Jersey did or New
1: Jersey did. Like hmm. they were like just kidding. Uh, people of color and women can't vote. Um in the eighteen thirties, voting rights were taken away from free black men in Pennsylvania. And Native Americans historically have not been allowed to vote because they're not considered um, citizens of the United States, despite the fact that they're they were here first. 1807 is when voting rights were taken away from free black men and from all women in New Jersey. So not not very long. 17 1789. Um, but it also used to be. Um, that you weren't allowed to vote unless you owned property, which was another oh, yeah. um people of color in particular from voting and yeah. women in particular from voting, because if you were a married woman, you weren't allowed to own property.
0: I do remember, I don't remember that being a thing, but I remember reading about it. Obviously, I don't remember that being a thing because I wasn't yeah. alive then, but...
1: you weren't alive then. <laughs> um, but like, so it's very interesting going over the progression because you see that, you know, some states like georgia um in 1789 they removed you know the property requirement for voting okay but then it goes back and forth back and forth back and forth um anyway so i i was just scrolling through and looking at this um in 1841 there was the door rebellion that took place in rhode island because men who did not own land could not vote um this negatively impacted people in poverty and basically established Um, like rich white men as being the only people who are allowed to vote and control the government. And not much has changed. Um. Yeah.
0: I mean, honestly, to me, and this is something that kind of seems a little radical, I think it, the Congress portion of it needs to go away. Like the House of Representatives and the uh, senators in Congress, that needs to go away and everything just needs to be voted on by the people. It's like, I Rick. get it. We're supposed to be represented by those. But why? Like, what's the point?
1: Yeah, but we're not represented by them. And like, what's interesting is, and and I can read you this bit from my book, is that, yes, we're supposed to be a representative government. However, the people who are representing us in the government are so far removed from we the people currently. So, like, one of the things in my book was talking about how, um, how like, the education in particular is one of the things that separates us because so many people in government are Super educated in comparison to the rest of the country. Yeah. Try to, do, do. Although
0: you couldn't tell it by the way they speak or act.
1: Right. Right. They're supposed to be, you know, really educated. And that's not the case. Oh, here it is. Okay. So there, there are two different um, points of view as far as like government goes. Like there are people who believe that our system is built on elitism, which makes sense to me. Um, and basically the the elitism basically says that the people who are in power are just using their wealth to control the nation's economy Um, and they can do that because they're more um, educated and they have more money. So for example, um, one third of U.S. presidents have attended Ivy League schools, which is a much higher percentage than the rest of the U.S. population. Among members of the House of Representatives, 95% have a bachelor's degree, as do 100% of members of the Senate. Fewer than 40% of U.S. adults have even an associate's degree. Because education is so expensive and they've moved it out of the realm of access for people yeah um, and then the other thing is, is that the nation's laws are made primarily by well educated white male professionals and businessmen. The makeup of Congress is important because race, gender, profession, education, and socioeconomic status have an important effect on people's political interests. For example, changes in the way taxes are levied and spent do not affect all citizens equally. A flat tax, which generally requires that everyone pay the same percentage rate, hurts the poor more than it does the rich. If the income tax rate was flat at 10%, all Americans would would have to pay 10% of their income to the federal government. Someone who made $40,000 a year would have to pay $4,000 and be left with only 36,000 to live on, which is below poverty. Um, Someone who made a million dollars would have to pay 100,000, which is a greater sum, but they would still be left with $900,000 so they could still live. So currently about half of the members of Congress are millionaires. Yeah. As of 2009, approximately 38% of Congress sent their children to private schools, whereas only 11% of the American population did so.
0: And that's the other thing. And I think we've talked about it on other podcasts. I don't think the members of Congress should be making the amount of money that they make just because of the uh, position they hold. Um, I don't know. And my thing is, if you can't live on the wage that you pay your the minimum wage that you pay in your state, then you should raise your state minimum wage. And that's what they should get paid. And I think we, we've said it on the I've said it on the podcast before. Um, I don't, and I don't remember, and I'm gonna have to look it up, but I think, uh, I looked up the word gerrymandering, but, um, we'll t- we'll come back to that. I, I think don't they get a salary for Life,
1: yeah, yeah. The president also gets a salary for life.
0: U.S. Senate salaries, uh, can senators be paid for life after they retire? Between Netflix dramas and bad press, working in Congress might seem like a walk in the park. Filibusters and government shuts da- shutdowns tend to dominate the headlines. In fact, in 2021, the House of Representatives was scheduled to work just 166 out of 261 working days, which is unacceptable. Uh, in addition, while congressmen receive generous pension plans plans and generous health care insurance, they're not taking in their full salary after leaving office. They do, however, receive some income after they retire. Um, And then it says, most senators in the House of Representatives make an annual salary of $174,000. Those in leadership make a bit more. For example, the Speaker of the House makes $223,500 and the majority and minority leaders of the House and Senate make $193,400. Congress people, it says congressmen, Congress people, earn this salary or this annual salary for the duration of their terms. Senators serve six year terms while members of the House serve for two years. Uh, There are no term limits, which also needs to be changed. And then members are also allowed allowances to pay their staff and cover office and travel expenses. Senators' average allowance recently was $3,738,775, while representatives' was $1,382,139. And then Congress people are also able to deduct $3,000 a year of living expenses they accrue while they're away from their home state and congressional districts. That's insane. Yeah. Um, It does a... The congresspersons don't reap their annual salary for life. They do receive generous retirement benefits, though. The Atlantic estimates that when former House Speaker John Bonner, Bonner, Bonner? anyways, uh, retired, uh, he received... Eighty-six thousand dollars annual pension.
1: Wow. Uh,
0: oh, and then it goes on to say why we pay Congress people. Uh, Congressional compensation has always been a contentious issue. The founding fathers initially thought that the federal government did not meet the comp- uh, need to compensate members of the government who were typically well-to-do. At first, under the Articles of Con- the Confederation, uh, states compensated Congress people for their service, and the amount of Congress people received varied. A state could suspend a Congressperson's salary if it became dissatisfied that partially needs to come back but later the founding fathers changed their minds in an effort to centralize government powers and to be more equally and to more equally compensate congress people the founding fathers decided to begin compensating congress people from the federal treasury in 19, in 1789 um, members of the senate and the house began making 6 dollars a day for each day they were in session that also i don't not 6 dollars a day but only being paid when they're in session like a school teacher or a bus driver or someone that actually works more than just yelling at each other across the aisle or yeah. writing writing laws. Um, anyways, which changed Congress person's compensation from $6 a day uh, to $1,500 a year. Congress ended up re, uh, repealing the law amid public, out, out, public outrage. The annual salaries later returned and have remained the norm since 1855. Wow. And then it goes on to say, the bottom line, senators and representatives make a good living and often have generous retirement benefits. However, Congress people are not paid their full salary for life, though their pensions are generous. As a result, they still have to save for retirement like everyone else, and congresspersons aren't eligible for pension unless they've served at least five years. Uh, To collect their full pensions, they must meet um, set age and terms terms of service requirements. The pensions of senators and representatives can never exceed 80% of their final salary. So technically, they don't receive their salary for life they receive a pension that they have to pay into still or they they have to pay into kind of like retirement still but i doubt they're paying into it as much as they're required to or as much as like i would have to pay into it to make 80 percent of what i make
1: yeah not right? like
0: <laughs> So like anything
1: it else? Is, it's just it's just frustrating reading reading all this stuff and going government is such bullshit. <laughs> but the thing that I just want to highlight specifically is 1876 Native Americans are ruled non citizens and ineligible to vote by the Supreme Court of the United States. Um, 1887 Citizenship is granted to Native Americans who are willing to disassociate themselves from their tribe by the Dawes Act, Act making those males technically eligible to vote. 18 um, 18- 90, Native Americans can apply for citizenship through the Indian Naturalization Act. Okay. And then we scroll down here. Do, 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 do. Um, 1954 Native Americans living on reservations earn the right to vote in Maine. 1958 the provision in the North Dakota state constitution that required Native Americans to renounce their tribal affiliations two years before an election is removed. Um, 1970 Native Americans who live on reservations in Colorado are first allowed to vote in the state. Late they- just it. 1975, the Voting Rights Act is modified to provide voters information in Native American languages and other non-English languages, but in particular I'm scrolling all the way down, there's, there's a lot going on because you would think that there's not stuff going on right now, but there totally is. Alright. Oh, in 2020 North Dakota finally reached an agreement with the Spirit Lake Nation and the Standing Rock Sioux to recognize tribal address as valid for voting purposes, because in 2013 North Dakota passed a House Bill 133 which was targeted at restricting Native American voters, any voter without a permanent address was no longer eligible to vote. And they didn't consider tribal lands permanent addresses. So since 2013, Native Americans living in North Dakota have not been eligible to vote.
0: Which, what is the population of Native, Amer- Native Americans in North Dakota? I
1: don't know. But it's just like, you know, we The thing is, it's like, you know, everybody talks about...
0: Oh, it's... In 2020, it was 39,165.
1: Still, though. Yeah. The percentage of the population who's being disenfranchised, yes, and not eligible to use their right to vote,
0: which is more than in Wyoming. A little less than half than is in Montana and like 10% of what is in Oklahoma. There's over 300,000 Native Americans in Oklahoma.
1: It just, it's reading all that was extremely frustrating but like in particular, getting down to brass tacks here of telling them, okay, well you can vote but you can only vote if you have a permanent address. Um. Oh, but your tribal lands don't count, despite the fact that it's a permanent address where they live.
0: So I was just looking while we, we were talking Talking about uh, not disenfranchising, but people being technically American citizens, but not being allowed to vote. There's the U.S. territories. So there's Washington, D.C., which was kind of a little different. Puerto Rico and other U.S. territories. But like Puerto Rico specifically, they can vote on their local laws and stuff, but Mm -hmm. they can't vote for the United States, like the presidential elections. Right. And all five inhabited, inhabited, not inhibited, inhabited territories have government structures similar to those of the states with their own executive, legislative, and judicial branches. Those who live in the territories are U.S. citizens, pay some federal taxes, and can travel freely within the United States. Despite contributing billions in taxes for the federal government, they do not have a immediate meaningful representation like the u.s citizens in the 50 states
1: which you know didn't we didn't we fight a war about that something about taxation without representation hmm didn't we dump a whole bunch of fucking tea over this shit <laughs> but then we turn around and we do it like
0: well we have to learn from our <laughs> learn from our captors
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: and then um, it does go on to say, at the U.S. federal level, each territory elects a non-voting member in the House of Representatives, but they do not have any uh, representation in the Senate. While citizens in these territories do vote in presidential primaries, they do not have representation in the Electoral College, rendering their vote more symbolic than consequential. Um the un- this unequal status provided to the people of the US territories, often characterized as taxation without representation, has been characterized by many as a colonial re- relationship in a post-colonial world. And then while Washington, DC has more autonomy in the United States territories, or than the United States territories, its citizens still do not have representation enjoyed by those who live in the in one of the 50 states. Uh, the district is home to more than 712,000 people. Its citizens pay federal income tax and have at least some uh, representation in the Electoral College thanks to the 23rd Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which granted D.C. the same number of electoral votes as at least populous state. However, the population of D.C. is greater than two states, Vermont and Wyoming. Like each of these territories, Washington, D.C. has a non-voting delegate in the House of Representatives and does not have any senators. And this is all from rock the vote
1: just it's just aggravating because, you know, we talk about how important it is to vote, but we're denying access to hundreds of thousands of people to that right.
0: I do remember, and that was what I was looking up technically before I started looking into this, but there was a something being passed around. I think, didn't Puerto Rico um, vote on whether they were going to be considered a state?
1: I vaguely remember something like that, yeah.
0: Is Puerto Rico becoming a state? Um, the Admission Act had 37 Original co-sponsors between Republicans and Democrats in the U.S. representatives. A subsequent non-binding referendum was held on November 3rd, 2020 to decide whether Puerto Rico should become a state. Statehood won the vote 52.52% to 47.48% December 15th, 2022. Uh, from non-binding to binding, uh, in the most recent one held in November 2020, the vote not approved by Congress was boycotted by many political parties. Movements in Puerto Rico. So it sounds like a lot of people in Puerto Rico do not want to actually be uh, a state. I mean, I mean, I don't blame them, but I'm also wondering like why? Um, because that opens up more federal funds for them. Um, that also opens up like they actually have a say in the presidential election, not just symbolic. But I also don't know what it means for the opposite portion of it. So they're. I'm assuming they have a little bit more freedom than not freedom, but like the uh, Washington D.C. They have more autonomy and they run basically run their own thing. But like, what what would the trade at the trade in be for becoming a state? Like, yeah, you get all this these benefits for like a, a state does, and you get a vote for the presidential election. But what do you like? What else changes?
1: Right. I think you have to look at the fact that the U.S. territories. are are all part of colonialization.
0: Yeah. And, I don't understand Washington, D.C. Like I've never understood. Why isn't it?
1: I've never understood Washington, D.C. either.
0: Like it's literally in a state.
1: Yeah. Like it's part of Maryland and Virginia. Like It's weird. I don't I don't know. the The setup is weird. And basically it's just all to disenfranchise and keep those in power in power. Okay. Oh,
0: so this says in November 2023, Puerto Ricans may vote on whether they want to become the 51st United States or gain full independence so they're basically deciding whether they actually want to become a state or break off and not even i'm assuming not even be a territory anymore territory yeah which i mean that makes sense so in until 1898 spain ruled puerto rico which then became a commonwealth territory of the united states a, a hybrid status which did not grant puerto rican voting rights Um, as of today in spite of gaining citizenship in 1917 puerto ricans are unable to vote in u.s federal federal u.s elections and do not have voting representation in congress the island is hoping to or that the upcoming referendum may soon determine how it wants to be governed unlike previous votes uh, this one approved by congress will be binding Hmm. Hmm. that's interesting all right Well, do you want to take a quick break and then come back and talk a little bit more about uh, gerrymandering? And I was looking at like disability rights. So laws and accommodations for voters with disability. I pulled some information up about that too. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. (laughs) back. So we were just talking a little bit about voting rights, um, and then I looked up some information about... um, So this is all from USA.gov. So there's uh, the voting voting and election laws. So there's some information about voting rights laws and constitutional amendments. There's voter fraud, voter suppression, and other election crimes. And then it also talks about uh, voting accessibility, whether voting is mandatory, and finally federal federal campaign finance laws. Um, So first, so we talked a little bit about some of the constitutions uh, or some of the kind of benchmarks, or not benchmarks, um, milestones of the uh, voting rights and voting acts. But for the constitutional amendments uh, affecting voting rights, there's the 15th Amendment, which gave African American men the right to vote in 1870, but many weren't able to exercise this right. And some states used literacy tests as, and other barriers to make it harder to vote. Um, and then the 19th Amendment, ratified in 1920, gave American women the right to vote. And the 24th Amendment, ratified in 1964, eliminated poll taxes. The tax had been used in some states to keep African Americans from voting in federal elections. And then the last one in this list is the 26th Amendment, which was which was ratified in 1971, which lowered the voting age for all elections to 18 years old. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for federal voting rights laws, uh, federal laws passed uh, over the years help protect Americans' right to vote and make it easier for citizens to exercise that right. The Civil Rights Act created some of the earliest federal protections against discrimination in voting. The protections were first outlined in the Civil Rights Act of 1964. 1870 and were later amended by the Civil Rights Act of 1957, 1960 and 1964. the Voting Act, Voting Rights Act of 1965 prohibited voter discrimination based on race color or membership in any or any language majority minority group wow. it also required certain places to provide election materials in languages besides English. That's cool. The act also placed limits on certain states with a history of voter discrimination. The states had a had to federal had to get federal approval before passing voter restrictions. A 2013 Supreme Court decision actually struck down this rule. i assuming they probably argued that it was putting too many restrictions on the uh, state. Mm. The Voting Accessibility for the Elderly and Handicapped Act of 1984 required polling places to be accessible to people with disabilities. The Uniformed and Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act, or UOKAVA, you, you, <laughs> Okay, UOCADA uh, of 1986 allowed members of the U.S. armed forces to and overseas U.S. voters to register to and vote by mail. The National Voter Registration Act or NVRA of 1993 created new ways to register to vote. It also called for states to keep more att- accurate voter registration lists, and then. Uh, the Help America Vote Act, or HAVA, of 2002 authorized federal funds for elections. It also created the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, or EAC. Uh, the EAC helped states comply with HAVA to adopt minimum standards uh, on voter education, registration, and ballots. And then the last one in this list is the Military and Overseas Voting Empowerment, or MOVE, Act of 2009, improved access to voting. Voting by military and overseas voters, um, and then it talks about uh, some state voter ID laws. So, two thirds of states require you to show some form of identification before you're allowed to vote. And then it kind of it varies by states, although most of them it's just a valid state issued ID or. Yeah passport um, voter fraud and voter suppression uh, so for uh, the types of voter federal election crimes there's civil rights violations involving voter intimidation coercion threats and other tactics to suppress a person's ability to vote uh, you have the right to cast your vote in private there is no law against asking someone who they are voting for but you do not have you do not have to share that information with anyone if you do not want to so you can technically be asked um, but you can't share that information. You don't have to share that information. Uh, voter fraud and voter registration fraud, such as when someone illegally casts a vote in the name of a dead person or someone ha- or someone has moved. Uh, many states have strengthened their voter ID requirements to try to stop voter fraud. Uh, campaign finance crimes, such as when candidates accept funds that violate the amount of don or donors permitted under the law. And then it talks about how to report voter fraud, intimidation, and suppression. And then there's the local. Um, you would find your local FBI office, local U.S. attorney's office, or public integrity section of the United States of Justice Criminal Division. Uh, If you witness or suspect voter intimidation or suppression, there are three ways you can report it. Contact your state or territorial election office, contact the voting section of the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice, or use the election uh, complaint report online form. Hmm. That's interesting. So then it talks about, um, so as voting mandatory in the united states it's not required by law for anyone to vote um and many constitutional amendments have been ratified since the first election however none of them made voting mandatory for u.s citizens okay um isn't it australia or somewhere new zealand um where if you don't vote you get fined or something i think it's australia
1: i don't know where is it mandatory to vote um yeah australia uruguay luxembourg chile belgium brazil and argentina enforce compulsory
0: voting wow that's interesting um that's cool i mean i don't see why that's not like that that can't be a thing unless you have like a a specific reason you can't vote or
1: 13 percent of the world has compulsory voting.
0: Interesting. And then it goes into talking about laws and accommodations for voters with disabilities. So several federal laws protect the voting rights of Americans with disabilities. These include the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, and Help America Vote Act, or H-V-A, H-A-V-A. Uh, voters with disabilities have the right to vote in private without help, have an accessible polling place with voting machines for voters with disabilities, and polling places must have wheelchair accessible voting booths, entrances and doorways with at least 32 inches wide, uh, handrails on all stairs, voting equipment for people who are blind or visually impaired, and if you have a disability you may seek help from poll workers trained to use an ex- accessible voting machine or bring someone to help you vote. I didn't know you could bring someone to help vote.
1: I didn't either. I mean, I guess that makes sense
0: though. Yeah. Um, You can also ask your election office what other options you have. Some states offer curbside voting, where a poll worker brings everything you need to vote to your car, and local organizations may provide transportation to polls. Uh, Many states let people with disabilities vote absentee by mail. And then any voter that needs help with their language, so if they need it in their native language, the Election Assistance Commission, or EAC, helps people overcome language barriers to vote Um, The downloadable Voter's Guide to Federal Elections is available in 11 languages. And then the National Mail Voter Registration Form is also available in 21 languages. Federal law also lets anyone who cannot read or write bring someone to the polls to help them.
1: Yeah, there used to be literacy tests.
0: Yeah, that was one of the other um, further up. They were, they were talking about the Fifteenth Amendment. Some states used um, literacy tests to, and other barriers to make it harder to vote. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing we'll talk about on this is federal campaign finance laws. So there are limits on campaign contributions to candidates for presidential for president and Congress, and it requires candidates to report all the money their campaigns uh, receive and spend. Most individuals condone most individuals can donate up to $2,900 per election per candidate uh, during the 2021-2022 elections. This means you can donate up to $2,900 each to one or more candidates in federal primary elections and one or more candidates in federal general elections. Mm-hmm. Um, the Federal Election Campaign Act requires candidates to report where the money they raise from comes from uh, and the amounts, and where the money they spend goes and the amounts.
1: Yeah. So, I'm most interested in like, where's all that money going?
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of, we're going to have to talk about the psychopath from New York. Uh, The Federal Commission um, also oversees enforcement of the Federal Election Campaign Act, the FEC, uh, and it sets campaign contribution limits for individuals and groups. It also tracks campaign finance data and oversees public funding used in presidential elections. So that's all the information about, or at least all the information about voting and election laws that are, that's on the USA.gov. So... Speaking of the, um, what was I just talking about? Campaign funds, campaign funds. Have you heard the latest about George Santos?
1: Oh God, no.
0: So, it, and I think it just happened today. The person that does like the, um, they like sign off on the finance Uh, information that they submit he publicly said i never signed off on his finance documentation and there were like portions of it where he changed that um the money came from his personal account into his Campaign And then it, it didn't say like it unchecked the box saying that it came from his personal account, but it didn't include where it actually came from, which is what we just read against the federal commission requirements. Yeah, I really don't like to talk about him because I'm really tired of him um, and he's making a bad name for other members of the LGBTQIA plus community, even If he is. And like you saw the thing where he um, was dressed up as a drag queen. Like at first he said that wasn't him. And then he said, oh, I was just having fun.
1: Yeah. It's just like, bro, the fuck? I don't even know. I just. I I, I don't
0: understand how he is still a member of Congress. I don't either. Like. How is that allowed?
1: I don't know. This is why I'm always like, you can't always blindly support um, members of the LGBTQ community, even if you are in the community, because there's so many of them that are working against us.
0: I mean, I think that's true for not not even just people that are members of the LGBTQ plus community. You can't just blindly support anyone. Like you have to do your research, find out what they actually believe, like what they're saying, represents them and don't just say oh well it's a democrat i'm gonna go ahead and vote for them there's the only democrat in my like i it sucks if that's the only option you have to vote for that person um and they don't really align with your like your goals Because then you're kind of screwed. You don't really have anyone to vote for because obviously you're not going to vote for the person on the other side, especially if they don't match what your personal opinions are. But really, it's not that difficult to do research. Like just Google the person's name, uh, look up if they have voted before. There's their voting records are public, public. public knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone can go and look at any, um, any Senator or, uh, house of representative person's voting history and see, does it align with you with your beliefs or does it kind of go against what your, your beliefs are? Right. The other thing I wanted to talk about, or I was thinking about is the debt ceiling. Have you heard this crazy stuff.
1: So they are aren't they wanting to raise it again?
0: So they are I mean we've hit the debt ceiling.
1: Oh, I did not know we hit it.
0: That it we hit it on like the 17th and they have to vote whether to raise it or get rid of it. Um and right now it's they're basically running on fumes and they can until June and then it starts getting dicey from what this is which is from what I've heard. And then what is his name? Um Hop- Hakeem, is that it? Hakeem, Hakeem Jeffries, is that his name? The new min- minority speaker, or not minority speaker, but minority leader.
1: Minority leader. Uh, what is his name? Not senator. I mean, Charles Schumer is the majority leader in the Senate.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about in the not the the Senate in the House. Mm. So it was Nancy Pelosi. Who is it now? Hakeem Jeffries, yeah, uh, so he was elected leader of the House of Democrats. Sorry, that's what it is, not minority leader. Well, I guess as minority leader. So Nancy, or, yeah, N- Nancy. What did I say her name was? Jesus. Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi just stepped down, and then Hakeem Jeffries was elected by the Democrats. And um, I just saw an interview with him where it, the person interviewing him was asking if. Um, like, if there was any wiggle room on, like, making some exceptions or, like, basically, not exceptions, uh, concessions to pass the debt ceiling and raise the debt ceiling. And he basically looked at him and said, so we'll never pay a ransom note. And right now, the Republicans are holding it for ransom. They're not giving us options. They're saying, and they're not changing what they're saying. They are basically saying it's this or we're not going to be able to vote on it. It. So... That's interesting. And I am, um, I was watching a TikTok, which I shouldn't, I shouldn't pay attention to TikTok, but I can't remember what her name is. She's, I've always found her information relatively valuable or interesting. I don't remember what her name is. She always like presents the information in a really easy to follow way and talks about, oh, there she is. Let me see. Her name is Lisa Remillard. Lisa Remillard. She always like, she's, it sounds like, I don't know if she used to be a newscaster, but her twitter or her not twitter her um tiktok handle or the name is the news girl and she was just talking about how if there's even a threat that we're going to um default on our debts then uh basically like pushes us into a recession like hardcore
1: yeah yeah things things are about to get even more wild i feel like it's just ugh All I know is that this government class is going to kill me. That's all I know. Yeah.
0: Oh, it was the NPR interview. So this is from the NPR interview and the person, excuse me, the person that was interviewing him. uh, So Steve, is it Steve that was interviewing him? Steve Steve Inseep or uh, Simon Popperl. So they basically asked if um, they were willing to negotiate with Republicans and his response was: "There's a difference between a compromise and a ransom note." And so, le- and so, let me be clear: we are not going to pay a ransom note to extremists in the other party. And then he goes on to say, "We will find a vehicle legislatively, uh, a handful of reasonable Republicans to save the country from economic cl- calamity." Crazy. Mm. Uh, so he said, "So Steve, Steve, who's Steve Incept, the person that's doing the interview, um, he started off." with I want to clarify this a year or two back you said McCarthy uh is not a serious person because he had sold himself effectively to Donald Trump but you're saying you're now in a room with him and having uh productive conversations uh and then well, there's no response hm. weird oh and they said speaker mccarthy and i have had some very positive forward-looking conversations about trying to figure out where we can find common ground Uh, we know we are going to strongly disagree in certain areas that means that we should lean in even harder to try and figure out what other areas um, of common ground might be in order to deliver out so interesting information i mean my thing is if They're not doing their jobs, then they shouldn't be getting paid to do it.
1: Exactly. I mean, I don't get paid if I don't do my job.
0: Suspend their pay until they figure it out. And they can't vote on anything else in the House or state or Senate until they get it figured out. That should be their main focus right now figuring out a way to make the correct bill or the correct decision on the debt ceiling and. Put it into act so that issues don't happen and we don't run into not being able to pay our um pay our bills.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So then he. Oh, sorry. There's a little bit more. um President Biden has indicated there's time. There's a time to time and place to have discussion about future spending. President Biden is going to put forth a budget. House of Republican or House of Republicans on the Budget Committee will have an opportunity to do the same. We can go through the budget process. We can go through the a proportion, a proportions process, appropriations. I think it's appropriations process, uh, and those are appropriative vehicles uh, for trying to find common ground as it relates to how to, we spend taxpayer dollars in the future. And also, why aren't we as taxpayers voting on this?
1: Right. I'm. I'm always curious because, like, this stuff's impacting us. You know, the individuals as well as the country. Why aren't we able to vote on these things? Yeah. Like, especially since our representatives don't seem to be doing shit. But I mean, you know, <laughs> i to the United States of chaos.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't like that it doesn't give me the answers.
1: I don't like when stuff doesn't give me answers either.
0: All right. You want to you wanna do some trivia?
1: Well, you can do trivia. I was going to say, can we move on to like a more wholesome, wholesome topic? Uh, what, are, what are you having for dinner?
0: Um, So I am making potatoes and chicken thighs in the oven. Nice. With some curry, um, curry seasoning and salt and pepper
1: mm. and butter. Lots of butter. I'm ordering a salad from Whataburger because that's my current obsession.
0: I've never had Whataburger.
1: Whataburger is actually pretty good. I'm not gonna lie.
0: I think there's some around here. Is that the thing I think the one I'm thinking of? Mm, probably not. I don't, I don't know.
1: Whataburger locations outside of Texas. Is that the one that,
0: um, What's his name?
1: There are only Whataburgers, let's see, in Florida, Arizona, and Tennessee. Oh, no, wait. Hold on. Fuller list. Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Kansas.
0: And what am I thinking of? I don't know. He's an actor, and his family is from Boston.
1: Oh, um, yeah, uh, wow. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I can his see his name? face in my head.
0: Marky Mark. What is Mark? Go. Mark
1: mark Wahlberger. mark
0: Wahlberg. walberger that's what it is yeah not a lot of burger walberger okay yes. that makes sense that okay it starts with a w and ends with burger yeah I, you, were,
1: you were close okay you were close. we'll give you that one
0: <laughs> all right do you want to do uh, we can do some trivia real quick first yeah yeah and then and then wrap up with kind of a what are we doing um so july marks the anniversary of the 26th Amendment, which uh, lowered the voting age to 18. Previously, it was A, 20, B, 21, or C, 19?
1: B, 21.
0: Yeah, 21. Uh, Women vote more than men, true or false?
1: True. True, yeah. Uh,
0: Which age group is least likely to vote? 18 to 29, 30 to 54, or 55 plus? Isn't
1: it like 30 to 54?
0: No. Uh, No. According to this one, it is um, 18 to 29. Mm. Uh, How many states have enacted automatic voter registration? I
1: don't know. Uh,
0: Two plus DC, 10 plus DC, or 20 plus DC? Uh,
1: 10 plus DC. Correct answer is 20. It's
0: mm. interesting. I did not think that was correct, but hey, uh, there's only a couple, so it's not going to be very many. Uh, what percentage of U.S. elections administrators are women? Nearly 20%, nearly 50%, or nearly 80%?
1: Nearly 20%.
0: The opposite. Nearly 80%. Dang. Uh, what is the average voter turnout for presidential elections? Is it 40%, 60%, or 80%? 60%.
1: Yeah,
0: it's 60%. Um, and then two more. Uh, which state allowed women to vote from 1776 to 1807? New Jersey, New Pennsylvania. Jersey. Yes, New Jersey. We talked about it earlier. Yes. And then how many states allow same day voter registration? 13, 20, or
1: 48? 13? Yes. Yep
0: and that's all i got all right we could test our filibuster knowledge or my- celebrate women's equality day oh wait there's no a fun quiz where's the quiz
1: before outage what are you talking about so i just got a notice from my uber eats driver saying that there's no power at the Whataburger.
0: <laughs> Yikes, that sucks
1: and so i'm writing them back and going okay what do we do <laughs>
0: I'm assuming they probably cancel your order and you get refunded. That's just my assumption. Are you doing anything fun this weekend?
1: This... Yes. This weekend um not really um Nick and I went on Tuesday <gasps>
0: to what go ahead. sorry I have a question afterwards
1: oh uh Nick and I went Tuesday um to uh polyamory meetup um at a skate place which was fun uh, I didn't go skating because I didn't want to fall and break my other hip but <laughs> but I, I had a very nice nostalgia trip
0: I think it would be fun if it was at a, a bowling alley. Maybe you should recommend that they do it at a bowling alley next time.
1: Mm, maybe. I do want to go bowling. It's been a while.
0: A really long time since I've been bowling. Pre-pandemic.
1: Right? Same.
0: Um. Anyways, but what I went about earlier is you met his family how did it go
1: i did meet his family i it don't mean, think we
0: talked about it in the group chat it went it really happened. well
1: actually uh his family liked me um and i yeah i'm very i'm very excited his his grandmother invited me to um come out to houston to visit sometime so.
0: they just got hit with a tornado in houston
1: did they really yeah
0: i read about it yesterday Oof. or earlier this morning like it was a pretty bad tornado too
1: okay so it looks like i'm just not gonna get my drink because there was no power but i'll get my food but i bet you it's gonna be cold Probably. oh well i'm obsessed with their lemonade i don't know why it's just it's literally just minute made lemonade but i'm obsessed you look so serious
0: i'm looking up the tornado damage mm. in uh Houston. So it says, I guess it's not in Houston, it's near Houston. Tornado tornado damage near Houston catastrophic, officials say as storm moves eastward. Oof. In my 25 years here, this is probably the worst damage I've seen. Chief jo- Josh Berger told reporters outside a damaged animal shelter in the city, where all two dogs were injured.
1: Oh, no. In
0: Pasadena, a police chief said cleanup will require extensive work for the coming days. For the coming days, we're going to have to, but we're going to have our hands full. Wow. There were reports of several commercial trucks overturned near Beltway 8.
1: What about you? Were you doing anything exciting this weekend?
0: Uh, No. I'm going to probably work on launching the um, website. To see what we can do about that and then i have school stuff because my new class just started this past week on wednesday Fun. and i already hate it because it's very boring class uh other than that not really like ryan works tomorrow like usual and then i'm sure we'll probably go get something sunday like lunch or breakfast and then go do something or just come home
1: and watch movies yeah i know that Nick's gonna help me finally set up my desk um we keep saying that we're gonna do it and then we don't do it um <laughs> Um, that but he bamboozled me into, uh, getting with him for my own Christmas present. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think we're planning on just staying in and um, watching a movie. I think that's what we're doing this weekend. That's
0: fun. Um, I kind of want to go see Megan.
1: Oh, apparently it's really good.
0: See, I've heard differing opinions. Um, some people say it's really good. Some people say all the good parts were in the um, commercial or the, the trailer. And there's also something that says it has been tailored for Teens more than anybody else. Mm. So a lot of the a lot of the
1: stuff got cut out. Uh, Um Nick and Horace went and saw it and I know that they enjoyed themselves. Um have I Nick and I recently watched um The Barbarian.
0: I've seen stuff about it. I haven't we haven't watched it yet, but we should probably sometime. Where is it where's it streaming? It's Or is it still in theaters?
1: No, it's not still in theaters. Um we watched it at his house. Um I think it H, it HBO
0: don't say HBO Max I'm pissed about that I'm sorry we talked about that didn't we
1: I think so yes
0: Ugh, so mad Um.
1: anyways I'd, well, I'd, you can rent it on Prime but yeah it's an HBO Max
0: fuck off stupid at AT&T well I'm gonna call it a night because I have to go eat dinner before it gets yes. cold yes. and then clean dishes sounds good all right well thank you for listening to this week's episode of now about that with james and sarah please like comment follow and subscribe if you like this episode if you didn't like this episode uh piss off uh please leave a review in apple podcast spotify or wherever you listen and if you would like to follow us on social media our instagram handle is at now about that pod and if there's something specific that you would like for us to talk about on the podcast feel free to email us at now about that pod at gmail.com again thanks for listening and we hope you have a great week since this will be be coming out on Monday and Sarah, have a great weekend.
1: You as well.
0: Bye, everybody.
1: Bye.